a lot of people say we're human beings, no human doers, right? And it's true. It's a cliche, but it's so true. We need to first be and then do and whatever whatever people are doing, it doesn't matter. You know, if people have a thousand friends and you have three, that's great. Just be the best friend for those three friends you have. Absolutely. If your friends have boyfriends and husbands and you don't, that's fine. Just, mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, it's about being. That's yeah. the summary. Welcome back to One Thing in Common podcast. On today's episode, we have Joy Goldstein. Joy is 25 years old, and she's currently finishing a bachelor's degree in business leadership and communications. She moved away from home at the age of 18 and lived in several cities, including Dallas, Texas, Miami, Florida, and Sydney, Australia. She's passionate about music, writing, and everything that allows her to artistically express herself. Y'all, it brings me great joy to bring on my friend, Joy. Oh, Megan, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. So thankful for this opportunity. And I'm excited. We're going to talk about some cool stuff. Yes, we are. Y'all, for those of you who don't know Joy, let me just say like her name is literally who she is. (laughs) This girl is the epitome of joy. So we met, we had the privilege of meeting in Sydney, Australia, which is crazy because like we both lived in Miami before, but like we met across the world. Right. Like right that's wild to actually think about like, what are the odds <laughs> what are the odds and so that was back in 2019 and years later passed I mean our lives have completely changed since then a lot of yes. major life changes transitions yep. and it's cool because even though you're now currently in Argentina I'm back in Florida mm-hmm we've been able to stay in touch through social media. And I love like the posts that you do just again, very encouraging and inspiring. And we're going to talk a little Mm. bit about that later on today. Um, But yeah, it's just one of those people where like sometimes you meet someone and it's just like a social media friend that you have, but like nothing ever happens. And then there's always like someone that just like sticks out. And I was like, dude, Joy just sticks out like this girl. Oh my God. And so I'm so kind. You have always been so kind. You're too kind. (laughs) Girl, I'm just so excited that you're on and that you get to just share a little bit about your story. And so mm-hmm. we were able to jump on a phone call last week and talk right. about a wide variety of things. I mean, we first caught up after like three years, so that was great. Right. And then we spoke about something that you and I are both very passionate about. It's something that we both have struggled with in our past. And when you had shared your story with me, I was in shock because I was like joy struggled with that like I would have never I would have never guessed you know you carry yourself with so much confidence and so much like self-love and like how God created you right but Mm. that's not how the story always was you know and exactly um, I think it's easy for people to see you right now and say man I wish I was as confident as her like man she's just like so comfortable in her skin I wish I was like that and I think if people knew your whole story and how you got there, it would be a lot more like, oh, she's human too. And so I just want (laughs) to give you the mic over the Zoom call so you can share (laughs) your story about body image and self-image and how you gained the confidence that you have today. For sure. Thank you, Megan. Yeah, as you said, it has been a long journey. I was not always confident and comfortable in my skin. Um, It all started when I was pretty young. And it all started with comparing myself to my sister. Um, So it was kind of a daily thing where I was kind of like the chubby sister and my my sister was this skinny, tall, you know, she was like a model. So I started to struggle um, really quietly. Like nobody knew about the struggle, but uh, it started to affect my confidence and my, just the view of myself. Uh, because I could never measure up to who my sister was and how she looked. Um, and then I started, well, in high school, I think it was. Yeah, in high school. Um, all of my friends all, the, all of a sudden like turned against me and they started bullying me because of my body. And um, at that point, I was really skinny. I had lost a lot of weight mm-hmm. and I had... Um, 
just a very skinny body and <laughs> my friends were a little bit more curvy and uh really pretty girls but it was like I was never enough and I was never I could never measure up to the to people's expectations you know at the beginning I was kind of chubby and people would tell me things about being chubby so I wanted to lose weight once I did mm. people criticized that so then I was like so what's a perfect weight how do I have to look for you guys to accept me mm. um and the the bad thing about all of that is not that I liked my body and I was like just trying to please them. No, I didn't like how I looked either, you know, just because I felt that people didn't like me and that there was something wrong with me. There, there was something wrong with how God created me, you know. Um, so it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I moved from Argentina to Florida and I thought by that point that I had kind of overcome all of that and God confronted me with it because I went to live with my sister again. Mm -hmm. I was 19 now and or 20. And again, I was with my sister. Uh, she had gotten married, moved away. And now we are two adults, you know, we're not kids anymore. Mm -hmm. We're adults that are supposed to be confident about themselves and be friends. But it was so hard for me being right next to her again and comparing my body to hers. Like I could not help it. I could not help it but compare my weight to her weight. And like she would want to lend me jeans, a pair of jeans, and they wouldn't fit me. Or I would give her a shirt and it would be too loose on her. And all of that kept affecting my self-esteem. Um, and I told you about this one uh, the other day that one time we we're about to go to the beach together and I went to the restroom and I cried for like 30 minutes mm -hmm. and I could not leave the bathroom. I was just so sad that people were going to see me at the beach with my sister, like this model. And I was anyways, long story short, um, when I moved to Australia, I said, God, I am exhausted of this. I am tired of not loving what I see in the mirror. I am tired of, you know, um, thinking about what I eat, counting my calories, going to the gym, uh, because if not, I feel guilty. I don't enjoy eating. I don't enjoy working out because all the time I'm thinking about my weight and how I look, etc. And I'm done with it. And God started this huge healing process and journey. Um, and it took a lot of intentionality and I had to make the decision every day to love myself and to accept my body. And today I can, I'm telling you with, you know, a hand in the heart, <laughs> as people say here in Argentina, um, I can tell you that I look at myself in the mirror and I love everything I see. But not because I look perfect, not because I met my goals, but because I understand that my value comes from within mm -hmm. and that my value comes from who I am in God. And that if today I look this way, that's great. If tomorrow I gain 10 pounds, that's going to be fine as well, mm -hmm. because that doesn't define me and my worth. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the story. <laughs> Girl, thank you for sharing. I mean, I feel like I've I know a lot of friends that struggle with that or have yeah. struggled with that. I know I did. And it's something that it's so, it's so hard nowadays because we're just bombarded yeah. on social media with what we should look like, or, you know, yeah. now with all these like filters and photo ops and how people could just like transform their body with an app. And it's just like, mm -hmm. it could be, it can become such a dangerous Thing if not handled correctly and I think it's so cool totally when you move to Australia that's when the Lord is like all right girl you move across the world and we're gonna deal with these like these heart issues right <laughs> and yes. it's crazy because again like I would have never known you had struggled with that because you know I saw you go to the beach and I was like wow this girl is just so confident who she is but little did I know that God was pruning your heart and working on things yeah. that were deep struggles for for a long time you know exactly Sorry, can I, can I add something there? Because of it's so course, funny. Of course, please. 
<laughs> it's so funny you mentioned that we went to the beach together to in Australia um, because that was Megan that was the first time in my life that I had gone to the beach with a group of people with friends and not my family that was the first time ever and I remember sending a picture of myself in my bathing suit um, to my mom my sister and my therapist back in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like you guys I'm going to the beach like this and everybody was like oh my gosh we're so proud of you and etc because they knew you know how big of a, a deal that was mm-hmm. so it's so crazy that you know you saw me and you thought wow this girl is so confident and for me that was just a huge step towards my confidence my confidence I mean uh, which shows us how much you know, we can perceive some something from somebody and actually like they're not confident, they are struggling and they're going through so much more, right? No, absolutely. I don't know, it's just crazy. Absolutely. And I, I love that you brought that up, Joy, because it's like people think once I'm this size, once I look like this, once I'm this weight, then I'll be confident. And it's like, yep. no, baby, if you're not confident within yourself inside how you are right now, that number on the skill isn't going to make you any more confident, you know? And I think exactly. I've experienced that where I'm like, oh, once I hit this goal weight or like once my skin clears up or X, like, like you can fill in the blank for a million things. Right. And mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, my skin cleared up. I hit my goal weight, but I'm still feeling insecure. Why is that? Right. And it's what you said. It's a deeper rooted issue. It's, it's something yeah. feeling like I'm not enough as I am already, yeah. you know? And I think it's also like understanding that within, but then taking those courageous steps to do things that make us uncomfortable. Like you go to the beach and like, nobody thought anything of it, but you're like, this is a big deal for me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And yep. it's in those times where you don't wait to feel, oh, now I feel confident. I'm going to do that. It's like, no, you build confidence as you take those baby steps towards That's that. right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And it's so important to know that because if not, as you said, we're always waiting mm-hmm. to feel confident. We're always waiting for that big moment, mm-hmm, you know, where we <gasps> I finally feel confident. Yeah, exactly. Like today I woke up and I'm confident all of a sudden. And no, yep. it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I mean, I wish it was like that, but it doesn't work like that. We need to take small steps. You know, if it, I don't know. It, it can be so different for so many people. But for me, it was that day going with you all on a bikini, you know, wearing a bikini. For me, that was a huge step. And maybe for another person, that, that's not a big deal, you know. Yeah. Uh, but whatever it is, we have to kind of identify what we need to do and what steps to take and just take them slowly, one by one. And then one day you realize like, oh, I, I couldn't do this before. Like I would have never felt confident or comfortable in my skin to do this. And now I'm okay with it. Like, I don't care. Uh, but it's a process. It is a process. And I think what's cool is that I feel like a lot of times people can feel like God is wanting to do that, but they resist it. And they're like, no, mm-hmm. I, I want to stay here. And it's like, nobody wants to stay insecure. But uh-uh. when God says, okay, well then, do something comfortable so you can build that confidence. And then it's like, Oh, I'm going to retreat. You know, <laughs> what was yeah. it for you, joy that made you step, step out in boldness and, and say, you know what? I may not feel comfortable. I'm going to do it anyway. Like what helped you mm. overcome that? That's, that's a, a huge question. That's a good question. I think, um, it was a, like a couple of things come to mind. The first one is that I got exhausted of my own lack of confidence. I was tired of not being confident. And I had really confident friends Mm -hmm. who didn't struggle with with that, with their self-image. And I was just, I just saw how much they enjoyed little moments that I couldn't. I could not enjoy things that they were so happy about. Mm And I told myself, I don't want to live my life like this. I want to enjoy going to the beach with friends. I want to enjoy, you know, going shopping with my sister just for fun. 
and not think about my weight. I want to enjoy going to the gym and working out. It's because I enjoy it, not because I'm thinking about how much weight I'm losing. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing. I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. The second thing is that at that time, I, you know, at Hillsong College, we are kind of trained to be leaders and Mm -hmm. to be examples for other people. And I started to think, what if I one day have a group of girls and I have to talk to them or teach them about self-love? I'm not going to be able to, like, I'm not going to be able to be an example for them or my kids. That was the third reason. If I ever have kids, I don't want them to grow up seeing a mom who's not confident about herself or yeah, uh, in her skin. Uh, Because then when I tell my kids, Hey, love your body, love yourself. And then they see me complaining about my body. They are not going to learn from what I say, they're going to learn from what they see me doing with my own life, right? They're going to copy my example. Um, and I didn't want that. So I think those were the main reasons. Wow. That's when you said the, the first one you said you got exhausted. I remember, mm-hmm. I think it was a podcast. Or I don't know. It was on YouTube. I heard it somewhere. And a psychologist said that one of the biggest reasons why people decide to change, to make a change is because they're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Like they're, they're just fed up with wow. this. I'm just tired of being depressed. Like I'm, I'm, right. I'm exhausted of being exhausted all the time. I'm sick of mm. always having anxiety. I'm sick of, and it's like once I feel like, like exactly what you just said, Joy, one of the main key components to change, like life change is to like, be tired of the way that we're living or the way that we're thinking or that old mindset. Right. And same thing for me, there's just moments where I got sick and tired of this or that. I'm like, I need to change. I'm done playing Mm -hmm. the blame game. I'm done playing the victim. If I want to make change happen in my life, I need to take ownership of that. And it's like, once we as humans take ownership over our lives, there is an endless amount of opportunities for real change to happen. And there yes. is a ripple effect within our lives and those around us, yes. you know? And with your story, Joy, like, like I told you when we were on the phone the other day, like ever since I met you, you've been so inspirational to me. You've been so inspirational mm-hmm. in the sense of the way you carry Thank yourself you, with so much grace and, and not just confidence of the world, but confidence from the Lord, like a godly confidence. Like you are so confident mm-hmm. who God called you to be, how he made you flaws and all like you embrace that. And that is so like inspiring to look up to, you know? And so it's mm-hmm. like, little did you know, Joy, that you were working on this because you were tired. But then also you said, what if I lead a group of girls? What about my future children? And she has body issues, but I'm still dealing with mine. Mm-hmm. I can't tell her something that I'm not doing myself, you know, like practice what you exactly. preach type of thing, you know? So it's exactly. like, it's so cool. And I'm just one. And I can bet only many people would say the same thing about you. Many girls would say, yeah, like joy was a huge key po- component to my personal growth or my spiritual growth mm. or my self-confidence, you know? And it's funny that you said like the little moments, because you're super intentional on capturing those little moments. And I think that's so precious mm-hmm. because most people, not all people, but a lot of people, um, just like mm-hmm. influencers quote, because nowadays right. the word influencer has totally lost its meaning in my mm-hmm. head on like, what is a yeah. true influencer on versus what Instagram <laughs> says an influencer. Like, that's just a whole nother topic for a whole nother podcast, but we'll talk about it later. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about that one later, <laughs> but yeah. You have a way of capturing such beautiful moments with your family, with friends, mm-hmm. just in nature, you know, um, you know, talking about a topic we're also going to touch on is singleness and things like that. And it's so yes. awesome. And even seeing that it, to me, it's just different than what everybody else is posting and what everybody else is sharing. Cause you're sharing oh. moments that people actually crave, but they're feeding themselves the wrong things. So they're getting hungry for the wrong things. But in reality, we all create right. a connection. We, you know, if we weren't, you know, blessed in a good family, like in the sense of like blood family, at least people yeah. can look for like a spiritual family or a good right. friend that they could call a sister. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. it's like, 
you capture those moments that humans actually crave and want. And that just, I think Mm. it comes just from a genuine, authentic place of you don't want to be like everyone else. You tried that. It didn't work out. It left you emptier (laughs) than before. It left you more frustrated than before. But what's so cool. And we chatted about this over the phone the other day. It's like, but you're because of that, you're so different now. You're, you've mm-hmm. transformed because of that uncomfortable season, but you wouldn't be who you are today yes. had you not gone through that. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, you're totally right. <clears throat> as, as we said before, we always look up to people who we feel are there already. Oh, they got there. They, yep. they got it all together, right? Um, but it, it's it's not about that. It's about the little things. It's about you mentioned this as well. It's about being intentional. And I think, I thank you so much for this encouragement. It really is moving. And, and you know this because we talked about it last week, but I, I had to learn to be intentional because yeah, I didn't want to be like everybody else. And I also didn't want to go with the flow. I didn't want my life to, you know, just be a normal life. I wanted every area of my life to be changed intentionally. I, I remember many times I would sit down, especially during college, I would sit down and think about my goals. Who do I want to be? Who do I want to become? Uh, I stopped thinking about how do I want to look? And yeah. I started to think, who do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And I would write it down. And then months later, I would sit down, look at it and be like, okay, I think we're working on this, but we need to work on this a little bit more. So I would be intentional in that. And when you mentioned about me being intentional with family and friends, that wasn't the case my whole life. I actually struggled a lot with friendships because of what happened in high school. Um, so I learned to be intentional I, with family and with friends uh, because I realized that if we're not present, if we're, if we're not enjoying the little moments, the people around us, and we're just thinking about ourselves, we're just thinking about what we don't have, we're just thinking about, you know, all those things, it's a waste of time. We're yeah. wasting our time, we're wasting the, the, uh, the time of the people around us, uh, and we miss the opportunity to find beauty in the simplicity of life you know, having a coffee with a friend every time, this is a different topic, but still every time I go grab coffee, (laughs) when I grab coffee with a friend, I usually either put my phone on my purse Mm -hmm. or kind of turn it like face down, yeah, yeah, face Uh down, uh, or, or whatever, because I want to be intentional. I want to be present. I want to look at my friend in the eyes and listen to her or to him and all those things and same with family and you know those are it sounds so simple but then you make so many of those decisions and and you become a different person you yeah. become you, you get closer to that person that you want to be and you want to become so I think that's the summary being intentional in the little things being intentional in the simple things of life I love that you hit on mm-hmm. something so key. And you said you stopped focusing on what you wanted to look like or, or things you wanted to accomplish, but who you focus on who you wanted to become. Yeah. And that was like the nail. It was like, you, you figured out, Hey, I want to be this kind of person when I grow up. And as you decide that you start changing your habits, you start changing the actions exactly. that you, you make, you start changing maybe the way you speak the way you do certain things, because you're like, is this leading up to the person I want to be in the next five to 10 years? And so many times people focus on like the end goal, like, oh, I want to accomplish this or that. Like, for instance, I hired a personal trainer because I lost my like amp at the gym. And I was like, I (laughs) feel so intimidated on the gym floor. I'm like, there's all these guys. I I don't want to like go (laughs) there right now. So I'm going to just stay in my comfortable corner of the treadmill and do my little like workout on the corner where no one can see me. But then I was (laughs) like, you know what? I used to be so confident on the floor. What happened? And it, I just stopped Mm -hmm. doing it. I moved to Australia, didn't have a car there. So homegirl walked everywhere. That was like gym membership was walking in Australia. Yep. The hills are real. Yeah, okay. I can testify. Yup, yeah. like my calves were never better than when I lived in Australia. <laughs> I, I lost that when I moved back. I to know the that. <laughs> we fucked. 
everywhere y'all like you got your groceries yeah. you walk home like it's great it's great so I get back to the states and I'm like all right now I'm intimidated by the gym I don't know what to do so I was like okay I can wallow in this intimidation. I could stay stuck feeling not confident at the gym, or I can hire a mm-hmm. trainer. He could show me the correct forms, how to use the machines correctly. There you go. And then once he's done training me, I know what to do and I'm confident and I'm not going to hurt myself on this machine because I know what I'm doing, you know, right. but it's like now when I go to the gym, it's not, oh, I want to, you know, do this workout or burn this many calories or do this for X amount. So I can lose X amount of weight. It's like, no, I want to become stronger. I want to have greater endurance. I want to have greater stamina. I want to push myself like my mental mind to see how much can I actually do versus like what I think I can do. And it's just Mm, a different mindset joy. Like it's like, yeah, it's incredible because I'm not obsessed with the end goal. And it's like, once you focus on the right things, you, you reach the end goal or not even the end goal, you reach your goals, but naturally, you know, it's not striving for it. It's just, Hey, I'm doing this because I love to do it. And, uh, and a bonus is I get to hit my goals, but I'm not doing it just to hit my goal. I'm doing it to become a better version of myself. And yes, that's brought greater confidence, not just like working out, but even my, like my mental state, like, you know, after a killer workout, I'm like, man, I can tackle the day. Like there are no excuses for like what I can or can't do right now. You know what I'm saying? It's like that little like cheerleader you have in the back of your mind, but it's what you said, focusing on becoming the kind of person you want to be, not just what you want to accomplish. And when you focus on who you want to become, you accomplish what you want to end up doing exactly exactly so well said (laughs) and it's as you said it's it's the mindset and it's it's so tricky it's so so tricky because we see the actions we see people's actions we don't see their intentions their mindsets Mm. right so usually that's what causes competition Mm-hmm. one of the reasons right mm-hmm. uh but I see somebody that's there in my mind and I'm like okay what do they do in their daily life like how do they act I'm gonna copy that to be that person and as you said we end up striving you know mm-hmm. um and I did that with friendships I looked for friendships for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. I needed my friends to tell me how beautiful I was how cool I was how funny I was so I look for friendships to, for them to feel that need, right? I look for boyfriends for that same reason, to, mm-hmm. for them to tell me that I was beautiful, for them to give me that confidence I didn't have. Um, just because everybody else looked like uh, they had a lot of friends and they had boyfriends, girlfriends, so I had to do that, right? But then when I started to change my mindset, as you said, when I focused on my intentions, I realized I don't need to strive to have more friends. I don't need to strive to be doing whatever everybody else is doing. I need to sit down, think about who I am, think about my goals, and then do things based yeah. on that. That's do, it's the doing out of your being, right? Mm. We're we first need to be and then do. A lot of people say we're human beings, no human doers, right? And it's true. It's a cliche, but it's so true. We need to first be and then do. And whatever, whatever people are doing, it doesn't matter. You know, if people have a thousand friends and you have three, that's great. Just be the best friend for those three friends you have. Absolutely. If your friends have boyfriends and husbands and you don't, that's fine just mm-hmm. we'll talk about that <laughs> but yeah it's about being that's yeah. the summary oh that's so good so. I love that girl that's a whole round of applause right there that was so so good <laughs> I love that you're the best thank you for sharing that my girl and you of did course. sprinkle a little uh hint so we're, we're gonna get to that topic now and that is pretty much like all things whether you're listening to this and you're in a relationship or you're single or maybe you're engaged I don't know maybe you're married but at one point we've all been single, right? If you're married, mm-hmm. you weren't always married. You were single for a season, right? <laughs> and right. I'm guessing there's probably more single people listening to this than married mm-hmm. couples. Um, just mm-hmm. because at our age group, not all of our friends are married right now. 
And so I know this is something that like the Lord's pressed on your heart and you've been kind of wrestling with it at first. Cause you're like, Lord, do I really want to talk about singleness? Like, I don't want to talk <laughs> right. about that. Like, you want me to talk about that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, Lord, this must be you. Cause this ain't me. And you right. <laughs> have been faithful in, in answering the call to that. Because again, not a lot of people talk about singleness. And what's funny mm-hmm. is that, again, if you're around our age, you've been single longer than you've been in a relationship, right? But mm-hmm. I, we, because we, we wanted to chat about how important the season of singleness is and how yeah. God molds us and transforms us to the person that eventually we will be with, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we, we have friends, like I would say we have a handful of friends who got married, who have kids, like we've been able to go to their yes. weddings, be bridesmaids. And it's awesome. Like, it's such an <laughs> honor to do that. And some people mm-hmm. could, you know, like, obviously there's like that little thing and you're like, Oh, I'm so happy. When's my time coming? You know, like, right. Oh, so yeah. And it's not, it's like, you're genuinely happy, but then also you're thinking, man, like, I wonder when that's going to happen for me. Right. And that's such a human emotion. I just want to acknowledge you're feeling that that's so human, but to not neglect the beauty of a season of singleness, joy, can you just talk a little bit about that? Because it's been on your heart and you're doing Mm -hmm. so good. Just sharing that on social media right now. Thank you, Megan. Yeah. As you said, it wasn't a topic that I wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the girl who showed, you know, pictures about her husband and her beautiful (laughs) family and a beautiful wedding. (laughs) But that's not the case. Yeah. And and I had to come to terms with that. And it was so liberating when I finally did. Um I I I've been in relationships in the past and it didn't work. I'm 25 and I'm single. And when I was 17, I didn't think that was gonna be the case. Um and I I wanna repeat that because I have a lot of friends who are my age or older, and they are ashamed of being single. So let me repeat, I'm 25 and I'm single and that's okay, even though that was not the plan. Um, But I, God is teaching me Mm -hmm. to see the beauty in this season. And I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart. I'm not forcing myself to say it because I've said it in the past where I'm like, I'm so happy to be single. And I actually... (laughs) I'm not, <laughs> um, but you know, God is teaching me that there, uh, this season is not necessarily a waiting season. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about this in a minute too, but it's a season period. Yep. It's a beautiful season that has purpose and it's our responsibility to find that purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe that God can do so much in our hearts when we're single. Of course, in every season, God can do things in our hearts because that's who he is and how he yeah. works. But there's something special about having no distractions in your life. It's just you and God and your whole heart is there for him, available for God. And there, you know, there's so much power in that. There's so much beauty in that. Uh, that I feel we have to take advantage of it mm-hmm. because if we're waiting so much on the next step, on the next season, we might miss out mm. on what God wants to do in us today. Yeah. And I know it's hard to be alone and I know it's hard to see your friends, have a partner, get married, have kids. Um, but the fact that you're single, that doesn't mean that you're lonely. Mm-hmm. It, it's two different things. You can be single and you can be happy. You can be single and you can be surrounded by people. You can be single and feel fulfilled mm-hmm. in life. And I personally want to get, the day I get married, I want to get to my wedding and to my husband like that, mm. whole and fulfilled and happy. And I want to give that version of myself to the other person, mm-hmm. 100% of me. I don't want to get there with, you know, joy at a 50% uh, with a lot of, you know, self-image issues and Mm. all these things to work on. We'll always have things to work on, but I want to work on myself as much as I can before I get there. Mm -hmm. 
So those are some of my thoughts. My girl, that was awesome. That was so good. <laughs> and I love Thank you, Megan. your transparency with just this topic, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that, you know, Valentine, Valentine's Day will come around and girls are like, oh, I'm single. I was like, and you are a beautiful right? woman with a bunch mm-hmm. of friends that love you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so, yeah. there's a stigma and it's like, baby, if you're not content when you're single, you're not going to be content when you're in a relationship. If anything, that's right. the relationships are going to just show more of the flaws that you have. Like Th- that is so true. That 100%. is one of the biggest like lessons I learned about myself was, you know, being with someone else made me see all the blind spots I had that were yes. never exposed. Because when you let someone into your life like that, it's like, you start noticing things or they start pointing out things and you're like, wait, what? Like, I didn't know I, <laughs> yes. I didn't know I was insecure about that. Like it's such a real place. And so it's like, yeah, you don't want to meet your future husband, but you got all these issues got to work on. And guess what? We're always going to mm-hmm. have issues, right? If you yeah. don't think you got issues, my pastor says, that's your issue. You know, like we all right. got issues, <laughs> we're we all on that one. baggage, we're all caring. Right. But it's like, work on it. Talk about it. Meet with other people. Surround yourself with girls who are also in a season of singleness, you know, be there for one another. Like you're feeling like that, but I bet, I bet three of your other friends are feeling the same way. Why do you have a girl's night? Do a vision board night, talk, chat, talk Mm -hmm. about the future, you know, like, yes. And, and I feel like when that kind, that time comes, you know, it's going to happen when you least expect it. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be when you're out there searching for it because the word says he who finds a good, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Keyword, yeah. he who finds keywords. Mm-hmm. So we're not out there looking, you know, we're doing our thing. Right. And I feel like exactly that time in due time. And guess what? Maybe you want to meet your future person. Right. But maybe they're not the person that like, they're not ready to meet you because they have their ish they're working on. They got their <laughs> job, right. like they got yeah. their own baggage. And it's like, well, if you want to be whole, you don't want to partner with someone who has all their baggage that they haven't worked on yet. We all have baggage, right? Mm-hmm. And we're always going to mm-hmm. work on things, but it's like, you want to meet someone who's where you're at. There's a beautiful yeah. analogy. Um, I was at a concert and Lecrae was sharing this. It was the first time I heard it. Um, and he said, you know, if you're in a season of singleness, run your race, run it as fast as you can. It's a marathon. You know, there'll be times where you stop jog, but run your race and people around you will point out someone else who's running your, the race at your same speed. That's right. Yep. But you take a look and you keep running. Like you don't yeah. keep, you don't look <laughs> at them and you're running. Cause you'll crash. He's like, right. you keep running your race. And then if homies like really like people around you start saying, Hey, Mira, look that guy. And then mm-hmm. you're like, all right. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it's like, you guys are so close to running. Cause you're like right next to each other. And then boom. But it's like, we have to focus on running our race that God set before That's right. us. And it's like, exactly. when you race, someone else is going to be running their race too, you know? And I think it's beautiful mm-hmm. where, you know, people have that relationship with the Lord and they're not focusing on a guy, but they're focusing on him, God. Yeah. And mm-hmm. as they're focusing on God, and that's the, the prize that they're going towards. That's the end goal they're going towards. You know, you start to learn about how loved you are and how mm-hmm. perfectly made you were by the creator of all creation. That's and right. you then are ready to be able to go into a relationship because you are whole and who God has called you and created you to be. That's right. My heart. And I know it breaks your heart when mm-hmm. we see maybe girls um, our age or younger or even older, right? Like, and there's mm-hmm. no age limit for this where there's so much insecurity. So they're looking for a guy or versus guys too, are maybe so insecure yeah. themselves. So they look for a girl to fill in that gap, to fill in that yeah. so insecure. But if they just, you know, tell me how beautiful I am. And if they just tell me how great I am, I'm going to feel so good. But then what happens when that relationship ends? It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. shoot, where, who am I? What is my worth? 
And it's like, it goes down the drain because in, in that person's mind, because you placed it in that person's hands. Right. Right. Oh my goodness. And that is so draining for the other person. Yeah. And so unfair. If, mm-hmm. if you are dating somebody who is confident and you are not, I've done that. I was not confident in my first relationship. And I put, as you said, my confidence in the other person's mm-hmm. hands. And it was so draining, so hurtful for the other person and unfair because it's not the other person's responsibility mm-hmm. to make me feel loved and to let me know that I am loved. It's my responsibility to seek that in God's presence and to feel my confidence from God, right? From who God is and who he says I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's so important to sit down. If you're single, just sit down and write a couple of questions down and really take time to, to answer them. Like, do you love yourself? Do you love what you see in the mirror? Do you know who you are in God? Do you know who God says you are? Do you know your purpose? Do you know what you want to do in life? What are your dreams? You know, just sit down and think about those things. Because many times I thought, when I get married, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Okay, once I find my guy, I'm going to travel the world. Why? Mm-hmm. Why when that happens? Just do it now. Travel mm-hmm. now. Start your business now. Mm-hmm. Write the book now. You don't have to wait until you're married to fulfill God's calling in your mm-hmm. life. In fact, I was thinking about this. If I knew when I was 17, if I knew that I would be single at the age of 25, I would have lived this past couple of years in a very different way. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you, if God came and told you, okay, you're going to be single for the next three, five years, what would you do? How would you enjoy this next three, five years? Would you be just waiting? Okay, I'm just going to sit here and wait for my husband. Like, no, you would go out and live yeah. your life. You would Come make on. the most out of this season. Yeah. And that is why I don't believe that singleness is a waiting season. Mm. No, we're not waiting for marriage. Wait, I mean, waiting can, if you're waiting, you can end up wasting the season, if that makes Oof. sense. <laughs> because you're word. just sitting there. That's a word. <laughs> <laughs> you're just sitting there waiting for your princess or your prince to come. Yeah. Well, you could actually be doing so much. Mm. You could be living out God's purpose. And so calling good. over your life. Yeah. Um, so if you have the desire in your heart to get married and to have kids and to have a family, then don't worry. God knows that. And mm-hmm. if it's in your heart, it's in God's heart. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you gotta get out, live your life, write the book, start the business, do what you're called to do now. Girl. That was Pastor Joy right there, everybody. Girl, you just preached the house out. That was awesome. That was so good. Yes, a million times. Yes, a hundred percent. I mean, I think that's just something I've been so passionate about for so long. It's like, again, I'll see friends or people and they're kind of like wallowing Mm -hmm. and they're still single and I'm this age and I'm like, and like, Mm -hmm. if you're in, if you were in a relationship, you would still be going after that dream. Right. So what's stopping you now? Like, who knows? Maybe it's once you step into pursuing that calling or that dream that God's placed in your heart, that's where you're going to meet the person. Like you Mm -hmm. never know. It's like, if you actually just take the leap of faith to do those things. And it's like, exactly. You know, I think of two people who I think is like a perfect example for this is like, um, Tim Tebow and his wife, Demi, like, you think they were waiting for their spouse before they started to step in their calling? No, they mm-hmm. went full throttle. They were like, hey, we definitely desire to eventually have a husband and a wife and, you know, have kids and stuff. But he was out doing his thing as football and doing all, he does like a million things. So I don't even know yep. half of them, but I know he does a lot, right? He has a foundation. Yeah. He does like so many different mm-hmm. things around the world, right? And yeah. then she was Miss Universe. Okay, hello. And she does so many things also globally, like incredible yep. role models. And they met at what, like 30 years old? Like mm-hmm. they met around, I, I think that age. And it's like, we're 25 yet. They were already living out their purpose. And that's when they found each yeah. other. So it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's some people that high school sweethearts, um, or which is very rare. That's like, 
low percentage of you actually marry your high school right. sweetheart. You know, it happens, yeah. but it's not the norm. Um, mm-hmm. And then there are people like our friends have gotten married in their 20s. Okay. Yeah. There are people that meet when they're 30 and they're already living out the mm-hmm. calling. And then I just see as like, man, like he's great. She's great together. They're even better. They can have an exactly. even greater impact together. And I've seen that mm-hmm. just, you know, seeing on social media and what they share and stuff I'm like, wow, like they've been able to do more together, you know? And yeah. it's so cool because it's like, I saw that and I was like, dang, like, that was awesome. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to wallow, you know, or like, it's like, you don't wallow yeah. when you see that. Cause you're just like, you, you don't know, maybe God wants you single until you're 30 because, right? because he's still working something within you and God's yeah. not worried about an age or a time limit on what he needs to accomplish in your life. He's more worried about the condition of your heart. And it's like, mm-hmm. once he, so once true. he gets that, that trans, once he sees that transformation that happens to your heart, then he's like, ah, she's ready. Yeah. Ah, he's ready. You know? Mm-hmm. But it's like, totally stop focusing on, on the, the, oh, I just want a marriage. Well, honey, marriage is not easy. I've not been married, but I know a lot of married people. My parents are married. I hear a lot of marriage podcasts. I've heard a thing or two. And they're like, honestly, (laughs) learn as much you can about marriage while you're single. So when you go into it, it's not Mm -hmm. like a big slap in the face of, whoa, what, like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like going into it. I have this understanding of, oh, it's not about what they could just do for me and fulfill my needs and satisfy me. And then it's like, no, it's like, how can I, how can we outserve one another? You know, exactly. how can I love so wholeheartedly, so fully, I die to myself every day, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I put my own desires and I place that person before me. And it's not this, like, I mean, some people can hear that, like, oh my God, you know, you're just like prioritizing that person and stuff. It's like, no, but it's like, when you live when you walk a life with Jesus, you learn, it's not about yourself. And mm-hmm, what I've learned right. from marriage couples, ones that put one another first, ones that outserve one another, they're the happiest. They're the ones still together because they don't yeah. think about themselves. They know so much right. about their partner. Their partner knows so much about them because of open communication and stuff. But again, this mm-hmm. is things I'm learning now. Cause I was like, shoot, I thought I would get a manual once I get married. And it's like, Nah, baby, you got to nope. read, you got to listen to podcasts. Like you got to learn before you get in the game of marriage, you know? That's right. Exactly. And, and that goes along with what we were saying about becoming that person that you want to be, because think about this, think about who you want to become, right? I want to be a gracious person. I want to be a thoughtful person. I want to be an intentional friend. I want to be a selfless person. If you become that while you're single, then you're going to be a selfless wife. Mm-hmm. a loving wife, an intentional wife, like that's going to translate and um, kind of like, uh, se va a transferir. it's going to show basically <laughs> your marriage as well. <laughs> if you are a selfless person as a single individual, then you're going to be a selfless wife. So it's not so much about getting there to become the person. No, be who you want to be today. And then that is going to bless your future partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also talked about how, like this couple, for example, so many couples that they were doing their thing before they met each other. And then together it's like, whoa, an explosion. Right. Um, and that's incredible. And I love that. But if there's a person who's listening to this and maybe they, you know, some people are not called to marriage and some mm-hmm. people are called to be mm-hmm. single. That is Okay. Mm-hmm. We need to stop seeing and viewing singleness as a punishment from yeah. God yeah. or as a negative thing. Because you know what? The savior of the world who died on the cross to save every single person on the world did it while being single. Jesus <laughs> was single. Mic drop, did- everybody. Mic drop. <laughs> That's it. That's a wrap. We- <laughs> That's a summary. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's so Jesus good, Joy. did what he did. He did not have a wife. He didn't have a partner. He did a new one. So maybe no. we are going to have a husband or a wife if you're a guy. Mm-hmm. But if, you, if you're still single in a couple of years, that's okay. Yeah. And if you're single today and you feel that it's too late to find somebody, 
don't lose hope first, but it's okay to be single anyways. Yeah. Jesus did everything he did while being single. And I, it breaks my heart to see and hear so many people talk about being single or about singleness with this pain and this mm-hmm. pity even for other, towards other people mm-hmm. as if it was the worst thing in the world. Yeah. It is not. It's beautiful. It's purposeful. Um, and there's power in singleness. Mm-hmm. We just have to discover it. We have to yeah. understand it, embrace it, and accept it. Absolutely. Um, that was so, so good. Yeah. I love that you shared that. And um, I love the example you gave of Jesus living his whole life and he didn't need another person. It's like a, a husband, a wife, right? They could make someone better, but they don't complete you. Jesus completes you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you are already whole. You are, you can fill out your life, fill out. You can fulfill (laughs) your life's purpose. Yeah. Fill it out on this paperwork. You can fulfill (laughs) your life's purpose as you are. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, I'm so glad you brought that point up because when you really think about that, you're like, dang, the savior of the world did it. Mm -hmm. And he was single his whole life. Well, it makes me think (laughs) that I can't do this. if I don't have someone else. No, you can do it. Mm -hmm. Right. It Mm -hmm. might be an additional like cherry on top. It's a desire, you know, many people have, but it's not the end all be all, you know, Mm -hmm. it's one of the Mm -hmm. most beautiful gifts that can be given, but it's not promised, Mm -hmm. you know, that's right. And I think when people can have the peace of understanding that and living their life with, Hey Lord, this is a desire in my heart and you're faithful. And in due time, if that's your plan for my life, you know, that will happen. And if not, and if not, that's okay. Right. Yeah. There's speakers like Lisa Harper, you know, who's Mm -hmm. who's still single and she, she talks about how it's our house, but she, she talks about the power of it. And yeah. seeing what she's able to do and she doesn't have a husband and she's, mm-hmm. you know, like older than us, you know, yeah. she has a child, <laughs> you know, it's not like she's like 25, yeah. you know, but she can do what she's called to do. Cause that was her life's purpose before any other human being that were yeah. to come in her life, you know, as a partner. And so mm-hmm. I'm so glad joy that you touched on that. And I wanted to ask you a question, you know, just speaking on relationships and mm-hmm. learning I know we both learned so much about ourselves within relationships and things like that. Yeah. What would you say, Joy, is the biggest lesson that you learned about yourself in a relationship that you've been in before? <laughs> wow. Uh, that's a good one. Wow. Mm. I think... I learned two things mainly. The first one is um, basically what we've been talking, but how how much more godly confidence I need um, because I, I would find myself putting that responsibility on the other person over and over again. If I wasn't having a good day, I would like, you know, be... I don't know, in a mood the whole day until they would say something. And I would kind of like even manipulate situations Mm -hmm. just to get that love that I was needing. And I, the relationships that I was in showed me that I just need to put my confidence back in God and in who I am in him. Um, And, and that's, you know, that's key and that's so important for the health of the relationship as well. And the second thing, the second thing is that I kind of learned about my worth, um, what I want, but I what I don't want, how I want to be treated, how I deserve to be treated, um, and you know what I'm not gonna accept again. Mm. Uh, I went through a couple of like painful things in relationships that. I don't want to go through that again. And it's not okay for anybody to go through those things. So um, even though that was painful, I came out of it stronger. And now I know uh, a little bit better about my worth. And 
I'm worthy of love and I'm worthy of being treated right and being treated with respect and being treated with all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are the main things that I learned about myself. Wow. That is good. Girl, mm-hmm. I can't say I agree. It's everything you said. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are huge, mm-hmm. huge things that I learned about myself. Um, really? Maybe things where I was like, ooh, that ain't so pretty. I got to work on that. And then other <laughs> right. things that I was like, but I didn't like that either. So I'm not going to accept that in my exactly. next relationship, you know? And exactly. so what's beautiful, it's like you get to learn about yourself, but then you get to like set a boundary of like, this is what I'm going to accept and this is what I'm not going to accept you know, when yeah. you have that conversation yeah. with the person that you're with. Um, and if they're the right one, they're going to be like, yep, you got it. Like, mm-hmm. and then if they are like ruffling feathers and they don't like it, then that's like, all right, well, it was nice, you know, knowing you, nice but like, you. that's like a red flag. Y'all I'm just saying, you yeah. set a boundary and someone's like, Skr. uh, yeah, <laughs> no, that's a red flag, ladies and gentlemen, but yes. green flag. If they say, you know what? If that's your boundary, I will respect it. I will respect you. And let's continue 100%. to over communicate. Let's continue to, you know, if you feel some type of way, let's talk about it. And that's how that relationship can get better and better versus exactly getting worse and worse, or if that's even a word. <laughs> yeah, I do. Sure. <laughs> My girl. Yes, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. I remember you had posted a few, a few years back, I think it was during COVID you had posted a story and you had posted all these like affirmations and things. Yes, that, like, yes, yes, yes. And I girl, it was, you're like, you wrote, like you took a picture of all the affirmations and mm-hmm. you're like, Hey, if you guys like, you want to screenshot this and use it for like yourself or maybe put your own words into it, like feel free. And I was like, I almost yeah. <laughs> all of that girl. And it's great. Cause that was years ago. That you Love that. And I still have the affirmations um, the ones that you had wow. written down and I added some of my own. And I remember oh, I love like, that I would repeat that to myself and I'd look at the mirror and I'd say it until I believed it. Yeah. And it's yes. like, it's crazy. Like I found days when I did it, I'd feel like, let's go. I could tackle my day. And then days when I, <laughs> yeah. it, I was like, I feel weird. <laughs> and it was just like, can you just talk a little bit about like how powerful that, like that exercise is? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I remember uh, that was a big, a big part of my journey towards confidence. Um, yeah, one morning I sat down and I wrote down things that I knew I needed to hear every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also, of course, with the Bible, I went mm-hmm. and looked for verses that showed me who God sa- says about me and who God says I am. Um, so I wrote them down and it was a pretty long list, um, put it in my mirror, uh, in the bathroom and every morning I would wake up and just declare them, say them out loud. And then some of them would like, you know, when you feel like, ah, that one, I do not believe, you know, you feel it like I'm just saying it, but that's yeah, sure. Like I'm beautiful. You don't want to look at yourself in the mirror while you say that (laughs) because like you look terrible that morning. So then I would go back to those and I would repeat those looking at myself in the eyes in the mirror. I would be intentional with those specifically because I knew that maybe my flesh was not feeling it, but my spirit was going to receive it. Um, And this verse, I'm not going to say it correctly because I learned it in Spanish, but this verse that says that... um, Well, this whole thing about <laughs> listening and hearing the word Girl, of God, yeah. that believing comes from hearing the word of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't really know if that makes sense, but um, there's power in declaring things out loud and then listening to what you're declaring, like yeah, hearing your absolutely. own words, yeah. like this, you know, ongoing of uh, positive declarations. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like, Hey, let's be positive. It's truth. Yeah. You're declaring truth. Um, so I think that's an exercise that everybody should do it. Uh, it doesn't matter if you feel like you're the most confident person or not. It doesn't matter like where you're at in your confidence journey. There's power in declaring and reminding ourselves, reminding 
our hearts, our uh, our spirits, and even our body of who we are. And um, you know, while I was not very confident about my body, I would look at myself in the mirror and I would say, "I am beautiful. I am beautiful, beautifully, wonderfully made." And um, that's not how the verse goes either. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say these things, yeah. and it would change and shift something within me yeah as you said you would feel so empowered to go about your day Mm -hmm. not because you're believing things that are not true but actually Mm -hmm. because you're declaring things that are true that's so um and you're just almost like forcing your yourself to believe them Mm -hmm. and I think that's really important to to talk about that there are times that you know, you won't feel like saying I am loved, I am accepted, I am fully known, there's nothing else that I have to do to gain anybody's acceptance. Sometimes you won't feel like saying those things. Mm -hmm. But those are the days that when you say them, something shifts. Um, And at the beginning, you might feel funny, you know, while you say them, it's like, uh, I'm not feeling them, I don't believe this, whatever. (laughs) This is not gonna work. But I promise you, it works. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not feeling the change in the moment, there's something shifting inside of you and you're going to see the fruit. One day, I promise you, you're going to see the fruit. That's so good. And I, I love that you mm-hmm. like said, by the way, you're not going to always feel like saying it or doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not even believe it at first, but that's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the whole building your confidence you you don't wait till you're confident to do the thing you do the thing and that's yeah. how you build up the confidence right exactly um same thing with that there's days where I'm like yeah yeah I was like I did not feel that <laughs> but I did it anyway and it's like <laughs> that's what life is it's like you're not gonna always feel like doing the thing you're not gonna always yeah. feel like going to the gym you're not gonna always feel like being gracious you're not gonna always feel like being mm-hmm. patient or loving your kind yet we choose to die to ourselves and still do it because we don't live our life based off our feelings. We live exactly. our life based our convictions, based mm. on our beliefs. That's a Let's go. That's another word we can get into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My drop. My girl. Yeah. I. 100%. We, man. I mean, we could keep talking to Eva and Eva. <laughs> My girl. Yep. <laughs> but I'm gonna ask you. Um, one of the the final questions of the pod and I love this because it's just um I don't know I feel like you get to really feel a person out or like see what's like so deep in the heart I know we talked about so much with like God confidence and singleness and so many different things right but joy I would love to know and this is a question if you knew then what you know now what would you tell your younger self? Wow. Oof, that gives me chills. <laughs> My goodness. I think I, oh, I want to say so many things. Say it, girl. It doesn't uh, have to be just one. I say that, but I mean, you could throw a couple <laughs> things in there. <laughs> I would tell her, not to worry and not even care about what people think of her, uh, to not wait, waste her time uh, worrying about that and trying to change herself, her personality, her looks, just to please people and to find that acceptance. And I would tell her that she's already accepted in every season of her life, uh, however she looks, however she feels, however she sees herself, she's already accepted by her heavenly father, who is ultimately the only one who matters, you know, the only opinion that matters. Um, And I would tell her also not to rush, not to rush into relationships, to embrace her singleness a little earlier, you know, and to, of course, embrace that desire, but not to um, make it an idol. Mm. And to 
you know, force things and rush into things just to make that happen when it wasn't the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are the main things I would tell her. Oh, that was so good. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh my gosh, y'all. That's a beautiful like, exercise. That, yeah. I mean, think about it. Like, I just, wow. I love asking that because there's just so much wisdom in, in people and sharing what yeah. they would tell their younger self, you know? Yeah. And so I just love hearing people's mm-hmm. heart behind that. And I always learn so much where I, I usually end up saying, yep, I would say the same thing to myself too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say all that and some more. Um, I love that. <laughs> Joy, it was That's beautiful. An absolute joy to chat with you and catch up with you again. And I love the fact that people get to hear your story, um, struggles Mm. that you've overcame, obstacles that you've not just went through, but that you grew through and Mm. you continue to empower and inspire and encourage um, women around the world in how Mm. you live your life and who you're becoming and and who you want to be. And you are making a difference. You made a difference in my life. And I know you're making a difference around so many more people. My girl. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. Thank you so much. Thank you for your encouragement. You've always been the most amazing encourager. So I'm thankful for you. And thank you for this opportunity. I, I really enjoyed it. And I feel honored uh, that you thought of me and you invited me. I'm so thankful for this. And you're the best. I love you. <laughs> My girl, I love you. And we will chat soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>